Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 113 and we are continuing to celebrate two years of Drama School Dropout. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined by an absolutely phenomenal actor who you may know from his time in The Big Bang Theory. Please welcome to the podcast, Brian Thomas-Smith. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, thought your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast, how are we? Thanks for having me, Ingram. I'm so excited to chat with you. How's yeah. life? I, I know you're in LA, my favorite city in the world. It really is. I, I'm, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been in LA for 22 years. And gosh, I I love it here. Uh, things, things are good. At the moment, I got my son just turned two and I have a four month baby as well. So, so sleepless two nights. Kids, two kids under two. It's We're in the trenches. <laughs> um no la is one of my one of my favorite places in the world i love it and hopefully i'll be able to come back soon and hopefully it'll be like as a working actor and not just as a tourist yeah come come and get this is where it's at do you know like if anybody in la is listening to this and needs a british actor who will work for relatively cheaply um, <laughs> my email's in the show notes below here you go please get in touch um, but how is life? Because I know that we're sort of, as actors, in this really weird space right now of we're not in a pandemic anymore, in air quotes, but our jobs rely so heavily on us being in person and stuff that you can't really afford. Like, I found myself, like, saying no to going out with friends sometimes. So I'm like, I've got an audition on Friday. I'm not getting COVID. Yes. It's been a, it's been a crazy last couple of years in that sense. Like, the game has definitely changed a lot. It's it's a lot of uh, self tapes. So self tapes. I hate self tapes. It's it's a love hate relationship. Uh, I put my wife through the ringer. She's like reading the sides, and and uh, sometimes she's uh, has a baby in her arms. We have to be quiet, but we have to find a window to do these self tapes. Mm. Good part is you get to do it as many times as you want until you feel pretty confident in the take you just laid down. Um, the bad part is you're not getting notes from a casting director or a director in the room that can you can vibe with a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and when and when a job is coming up, um, I socially, I, I you know stay stay at home. I'm staying home anyway because of these little uh, human the crucifix. Beings. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. No. No going out and, and, and trying to get it because you can lose jobs. In fact, I replaced somebody on a movie just recently because they tested positive with COVID on day one of taping. I got the call at eight o'clock the night before uh, day one, and uh, they brought me in and and uh, I shot. So sucks for them. Great for you. Yeah, it's, it goes both ways, I guess. Uh, but it's part of the, it's part of the world that we are. Yeah. Hopefully not getting used to. I do believe self-tapes are going to be around. I think the casting world has said, you know what? We could see a lot more people. It's so much easier to self-tape. I've done some casting stuff and just logistic. It's also cheaper to have somebody sit at home and watch tapes instead of renting a space. Everybody has nice phones now in a quiet room. Just we can figure this out. Uh, Not all the time. I hate self-tapes for two reasons. Reason number one is I much prefer an audition where you can be like, they're not feeling this. Let me switch it up. 
Like I'm not yeah. getting a good reception. Number two, I live literally 20 feet that way. There's a train line. Ah. Uh, so geez. throughout the day, it's really noisy. So like uh, I have to wait yeah. until like two in the morning <laughs> to film a self-tape. Hold for train, holding for train. Yeah. Like got self-tape, I'm just gonna throw something on the track. <laughs> but what I do like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And we don't need a professional story. We love a good Christmas fate, nativity, anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was in high school, I was playing basketball. I was obsessed with basketball. Um, but in the meantime, I had like a video camera and like I would make home movies with three or four of my buddies like we would yeah. have sleepovers and we would do these videos these i mean full-on movies you know we bought a sound mixer one time and some of these movies got good enough to where we would show them in classes for certain teachers and the whole class got to watch and they were loving it but i was still doing basketball and when the season yeah. was over i uh i auditioned for the spring play as the final play and uh, i got a part and I had a little crying scene and the whole drama club voted, you know, best actor for the whole year. And I won. And I was like, what? I'm a basketball guy that just kind of <laughs> tried out. You guys were like in Wizard of Oz and singing and dancing. Yeah. And, talented. And, and here I am. Um, the peers thought that, you know, I did all right. And, and then I went to college and that's when I started doing more plays. And, and the whole time in the middle of Missouri University, just thinking, what am I doing here? I got to get to L.A. somehow. Yeah. And it's really did. it's really different to what I was doing when I was in secondary school. You you were yeah. making films. Me and my friends were figuring out how to throw really good parties. So like <laughs> you bought a sound mixer, we bought a smoke machine and DJ decks. <laughs> and we were yeah, trying we were, trying to get it, booze any way we possibly could. That happened in college. That, that that went to college and we started having so much fun. I was like, man, I'm having a blast at college. Uh, but I definitely got to get out to LA eventually. So yeah, uh, for yeah, five I years. feel, I I do feel like in in Britain especially, like we start our illegal drinking a lot younger than America because you're 21 over there to drink. We're only 18. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So like, yeah, it just wasn't. Uh, yeah, until later in life. Yeah, we were finishing secondary school, so like 16, and trying to figure out where to get a bottle of cider from. Cider, love it. <laughs> me, me and my friends like we've got a smoke machine, we've got DJ decks. I think we even bought lasers from somewhere. Like a party, oh, let's go. Just this tiny room, and it's like a nightclub, genuinely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so university, you went to the University of Central Missouri. Did you study acting there? I couldn't find. Yeah, that out yeah, I was a film broadcast major because I was still kind of like wanting to make movies, and then uh, theater minor, and and uh, doing plays, and and um, yeah, you know. But what's what's crazy is is like. In the middle of Missouri, they had a good theater program and we put on plays that were well-produced and there's a, a nice theater there. You, you learn the basics, but I didn't really learn much about acting until I came to LA and I was in these acting classes, mm. other actors in class that are working and you learn how to get the job, you learn how to really get into the scene and do your work before you even put it up. Yeah. Um, and I bounced around from acting class to acting class. After, you know, after a couple of years, you get comfortable and then you got to mix it up and you take what you learn from each of these classes and kind of get your own technique. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't call myself like a, um, you know, like a master uh, thespian, you know, where I, I 
my craft is like the, the accents and the history. And I dive into these characters. I really, really have learned. I get the most work being myself, um, yeah. letting my authentic authenticity shine, uh, and my personality, but also in the different situations, of course, they're all yeah. exact situations. Yeah. You still know how to act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so I got to take these lines off the page and make them real yeah. and be present and listen. And yes, yes. Yeah. Hi, I, I'm Brian Thomas Smith, and I'll, I'll just improv for you for the next 20 minutes. Do me. <laughs> Fuck the script. Um, <laughs> but what I do love to ask, and these things fuel my life, like I love them so much. Um, crazy or funny drama school stories, like acting class stories, drama. Cl- There's some stuff that goes on behind those doors that people would never believe from all yeah. of your time in acting classes. Do you have a favorite funny or crazy story? Um, well, my, I just, I, I, this is like a Saturday Night live sketch. Really my first act. They all coach. are. I, 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 I'm fresh off the boat here, fresh out of my Honda civic in 2000. Uh, and there's an acting class in Santa Monica and it's in the basement of this like gym. And it's uh you go down and there's about 40 seats down there. It's a pretty full class. Most classes are less than, you know, yeah. 20 people. This is like 40 of us. And it would go from like 7 p.m. to like 2, 3 in the morning sometimes. But wow. our acting coach was Tom Todoroff and he would sit in a chair. He had a candle burning with him as a child being taught by like Stella Adler or something. And, and uh, he wore all black all the time. And um, the first hour you lined up a single file line to say hello to him and he would uh, crack your back if you were a guy and pick you up and crack your back and, ah, all right and then you know you'd have long hugs with all the women and, and um and then we would just put up these scenes and he was really really good as an acting coach but he, you have to memorize these 13 guideposts to acting it's it's uh it's actually a book by michael shirtliff called audition but anyway he would sit in his chair and he'd be like brian seven more seven it was just like oh what was seven you had to memorize what they were it's like oh seven is like humor or something i gotta find the humor in the scene but he he took himself really serious um i love it when drama teachers take themselves so seriously and then they're like pretend you're an egg in the carton about to be picked (laughs) and it's so see do you know like i i say it all the time it should be a sitcom why nobody has done a drama school sitcom yet is beyond me. Yeah. Those, we did those in, in, in Missouri in college, we were doing, you know, uh, the exercise games where someone just shouted something out and you had to be it, you know, all right, we're a sizzling bacon. Next thing you know, we're all in the ground pretending to be sizzling bacon. It's like, I let's spent go. 45 minutes once pretending to be um, a hand mixer. So I just walked around the room and nobody will be able to see this, but I just walked around the room like this. For forty-five minutes, like someone called out another thing. No, wait. The the assignment was to be just a general household appliance. So one of my friends was like a washing machine and just rolled around the room. Like there's some crazy stuff. Like I remember the the one story that comes to mind, which I'll tell you, just because it is one of those crazy drama school stories, and it would be in the sitcom. We were doing a lesson on playback theater. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. And it's when the audience, somebody, it's like a warm up for the show. So the audience will tell a really short story about something that's happened to them, and the actors will very quickly just improv it. 
and we were doing this one and it was about a family at Christmas and this guy had three dogs and the very serious thespians in the class, they were put as the dogs, like everyone was taking the piss out of us. So there was this, there was me, a girl who will be so happy that I'm telling this story again and another guy who we shall remain nameless. So we're just sitting here and me and this girl are like, we're clearly having it, the Mickey taken out of us. So we're just going to sit here and we don't have to do anything. Like we are just essentially human props. Mm -hmm. But this other guy got so into it. And next thing I know, his nose was literally up her ass. (laughs) Like, and it wasn't like welcomed. And it was, he was already a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. A bit like, Calm the fuck down. Stop everything right now. <laughs> he went full canine. He he was he was in it and uh, <laughs> crossed the the border there a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was a bit. We discovered he had a foot fetish in class because he was doing a scene. Few weird stories. Like yeah. he would be an episode of his own. Do you know what I mean? In this sitcom that I've now written, apparently. Um, but yeah, drama schools. Drama school yeah, is I had, crazy. I had, when I first moved to LA, you know, I was 23 and I, there wasn't a lot of agencies that were like, oh, we want a, a 23 year old male, white male. Wait there. Any experience. 23 and you've been there for 20. You are not 45. 45. Yeah, wow. Yeah. 45. I just I, 45. And- I wasn't pitching you that old. <laughs> I maybe. I thought you had like 10 years on me. Yeah, I was not yeah. like I'm 24. There you go, dude. You're just starting out. You're just moving to LA. That's how old I was. Oh, 23. I wish. Nobody, wow. nobody wanted me for for three, like three to four or five years out here. I was just in classes, and I had another acting coach. You know, I was out here for four years, and she's like, "Why aren't you working? You put up great scenes in class." Uh, her name's Leslie Kahn, and she has the best acting school out here, especially mm-hmm. for comedy. And everyone in her classes goes on and works, or are already working. And and uh, she she even called up some agent friends and said, "This guy's talented. He should be working. Uh, you should have a meeting with him." And everyone passed. They just like, "We don't. You're not. You don't have anything on your resume." And I'm like, "Well, I don't have any auditions, so I'm not gonna have anything on my resume." And it's a vicious cycle that's the hardest part of the business is breaking in you know and then it, there's still other things you got to triumph over but there's getting the agent and then now booking jobs and stuff like that but it does it took me a while to get some traction and it doesn't all happen in the one like you don't get an agent you don't book jobs like together yeah it's not like oh i got an agent now i'm okay now i'm gonna just blow up you know i like- signed with my agent three days before i left drama school just in may and I was like, sorted. So I am, I was the only person in my drama school, um, in my year group that signed with an agent. I was like, I am going to be on the West End in three weeks. Like, yeah. and it, I've had maybe seven or eight auditions and yeah. none of them have been spectacularly for anything that makes you go, wow. Yeah. And that's why you got to stay busy doing your own things while you're waiting for opportunities. Um, you know, whether that's writing or doing sketches or, you know, whatever it is, uh, yeah. stay focused, but you, you're only 24. You got to stick around because what happens is, is that everybody, you know, as, as the journey goes, a lot of people stop and then you get older mm. and you're still around 
and you've built all these relationships with these casting directors and everything. And next thing you know, like I'm busier now than I ever have been. Uh, I'm in a, a better age range, uh, uh, more opportunities, I feel like, than in your 20s. And then also uh, I have all these relationships with uh, people that are doing it that I've worked with a long time ago that are still around. And, and so like these last couple of years, I've been I've been working a lot, which has been great. Yeah, I do feel like you see, like, over a course of a specific period of time, it's been from the pandemic to now for me, you start seeing people drop like flies. And they're like, I don't want to do this. I need to know where my rent's coming from next month. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. I get that. You know, 100%. I've always been fortunate enough to, like, I I got, uh, I I booked commercials and I booked some really good ones. Over 100 of them. Yeah, I, I mean, easily. And, uh, you know, I got a whole campaign of football commercials running right now. Um, and it's like those that financial bonus helps helps with the journey for sure, where I'm not like, uh, where's where's I need to go get my real estate agent uh, license or or I got to do, you know, something to. to That's to mad keep- about America as well. You need a license to sell houses. That is <laughs> that is mad. <laughs> Like I feel like you can just become a I don't actually know there might be I might just be being you really take class, learn something and then you I pass don't it. feel like you need to have a license though. Yeah. Do you need a license to sell a car? I don't think so. No. Yeah. No, you don't. I know that for a fact because my friend used <laughs> to sell cars. But like I feel like you can just go into like an estate agent is what we call them, so like a realtor's office. Yeah. And just be like, You hiring? And they'll be like, Yeah. And the, if like obviously if you're suitable for the role, like <laughs> They're not just giving anyone a real real no, estate job. They'd like, all be doing it. Um, but I don't feel like you have to go and like take like selling a house one hundred and one. Well, that you do here. You have- <laughs> I, may, I may be wrong. If anybody's listening, I, I'm not going to research it. Um, but like, if if anybody's listening, send me a DM on Instagram and tell me yeah. I'm ignorant. Um, I want to talk very briefly about the Big Bang Theory because I can see a nice sure. little still of it behind you. Yeah, look at that. That was a gift from uh, one of the set photographers. Um, it's a great but, episode. I do love it. It's my favorite. My favorite episode. And I really feel like, I don't know this for sure, but this was season four. And I I just done the season three finale where I was on the rooftop. And, you know, that was the audition I booked that was supposed to be a one-time guest star and then they were really liked what i did with the character and and i thought in the back of my mind i go maybe they'll bring me back and then i did get the call for season four that they were going to bring me back and they actually pinned me for two episodes in a row and uh we were rehearsing the first episode um and kaylee broke her leg at a horse accident because uh, she rides horses uh, over the weekend, and and they, I got a call from production saying that she's not going to be in this episode, so we're going to have to cancel you as well. Trust us, we we have big plans. We're going to use you still, and so then I wasn't used for a while, and then they when they brought me back, it was um, it was an episode where I I run into her at a bar and and uh, have the menus, but then the next one is this big. Justice League recombination. Yes, I, I was going to say we should probably explain what this because I was like, there's a picture behind you, and then we yes. nobody so else can see this. Uh, long story to get to this one, I think it might have been a Halloween costume party, it, but because they yeah, had a back, no, it was a New Year's Eve. Oh yes, New- it was, and it's the episode where Penny says some who they call her something. I don't, I can't remember. Is it fat? Well, Do they say that she looks fat in the costume? Yeah, I think Sheldon calls her beefy. 
uh, yeah, woman. something like that. <laughs> um, and then Zach gets drawn in. Yeah, Do you have a favourite yeah. moment from the show? Um, that maybe man, we wouldn't know about. So many good moments, but I, I honestly feel like maybe there might have been two, uh, two, because what's great is that it was taped in front of a live audience, yeah. which is just so awesome. And I just doesn't got happen that, a lot anymore either. You know, those shows don't. No one, no one's watching those shows as much as they used to. You can get more creative doing a single camera show, but they, they're cheap to make. Uh, they, uh, you know, for for studios, they love to make them, but no one's really making them anymore. But anyway, I just did United States at Al, fourteen episodes for that show, and we didn't do an audience because of the COVID, so yeah. we never did that experience. But but w- the first episode of Big Bang, when I'm when I'm on the moon or on the rooftop, and I think they're going to blow up the moon with the lasers and all the stuff, and I just had joke after joke after joke, and the audience is laughing, and Kaylee, who I just met that week, you know, she's, she, you know, we're behind the the door that comes out on the roof and she's just like, man, you are killing it. The audience loves you. And from right there, I got this boost of confidence that was just like, yeah, I'm hanging with these, these series regulars, you know? And then every time I went back to that show, uh, the writers write me jokes and uh, I show up and it's just a lot of fun. And my confidence is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I never left. I'm just part of the gang here. Uh, and I Lots remember of people have said that, that it is very like you just go in and you never left. Yeah. My situation with the Big Bang was interesting because uh, I was on the show for over nine seasons, but I only did like 11 episodes. So they literally like left me out for seasons. And then some most seasons just brought me back for one episode, um, which was fun. I got to see and grow the sh- you know see the show grow and become this huge juggernaut cbs powerhouse number one, one of com- the I'm, I'm sure i read the other day one of the most successful sitcoms in history yeah i know it's more it, it has it has more episodes multi-camera episodes than than any other sitcom so. i think it in terms of success there was only friends above it yeah i don't know it yeah. probably beat friends in some aspects i'm i'm not like Warner Brothers or anything, but I, I was reading an article about it because I love sitcoms, and it was Friends then The Big Bang Theory. So I don't know what the I can't remember what like the the ratio. Yeah, was. how they rank it or not. But as far as like success and the money the show brought in and the actors and yeah, it was it's awesome. It's really cool to be recognized for SAC mm-hmm. all the time and and be part of such a memorable show. Yeah, because it did reach friends level of like um, mania. Because even towards the end, I think the the six mains were on a million an episode, weren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And that yeah. you didn't really hear about that since like from Friends until the Big Bang. Like yeah. you didn't hear of maybe no. someone on Game of Thrones, something like that was maybe up there, but it broke those like barriers again. Oh yeah, these they were making some serious serious money there uh, the last three 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 seasons, and the show could have gone on, you know. But, yeah, uh, I couldn't have been born as one of their children. No, no, that wouldn't have happened to me. <laughs> couldn't have got in a bit of that that nepotism, but it's just the way it works. Um, yeah. Did you steal anything from the set? Other than the, I mean, you didn't steal. It was a gift from the photographer. Yeah, that was a gift, and that was like given to me back when season four was. No, I. What's cool is um, Melissa Rouch, who plays Bernadette. She's the, the coolest. She um, <clears throat> she cleared out her 
dressing room and my name was there was like a sticker i could go get it it's right here in my office but it's it's just it's the sticker that was on my door um it's like this right here i love that i mean it's it's simple but this was like on my dressing room door proves that you were there i was there to work but the coolest part was is melissa rouch said hey i snagged your nameplate uh what's your address i'm going to send it to you so I was like, oh, thanks. Um, so I, ha- I have that. Uh, a fan made me a, a, one of those pop pop dolls. Yeah. Sets. And um, so I have one of those. Um, I have a ton of scripts. Um, You're just getting ready to sell them, I wonder. <laughs> when times are tough. <laughs> yeah. We're hawking those things. Uh, we'll link yeah. in the description box below. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it was it was so good. Um, was there ever a point where you sort of was like, I wish I could be like one of the regs? Uh, I would say every time. Yeah, I would say every time. I would be. I would. I would. After a taping, especially. Gosh, you're on such a high. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go run up to my dress after you take a bow for the audience. You know, your friends come down that you invited to the show. Uh, you're taking photos with fans around the set, um, and you're mm. doing it just like all the regulars are, you know, and, you know, when I get, sometimes I'll guest on the show and it's, I'm the only other guest star. It's the regulars and me. And I'm just like, uh, if there was only enough room on the show for a character like me to be a regular, you know, if Penny could just be in a throuple. Yeah. Well, yeah, you already got too many storylines. How you get, yeah. when I, when I show up, there's like, you know, Canal, his character is not any lines and that it depends on the episode, but there's like other regulars well, their story is really small when I'm on. When I yeah, there's not enough story to tell with so many so many actors. I don't know, but anyway, I tell myself that. But mm. uh, I definitely, as an actor, said I will be a series regular on a popular show one of these days because mm. I can do it right now. Uh, I just did it, um, and I'll do it again. Uh, some, whatever that show looks like, um, but um, it's really helped out mentally as an actor. You get told no a lot, yeah. so. When show up to a live audience taping and you bring down the house with these series regulars making a million dollars an episode you're like this is my world this is where wish i, I was earning a million dollars an episode <laughs> i wish wish my rate went up a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, with contract negotiations for season nine um but who knows the amount of spin-offs that are coming off of i mean there's only been one off of the big bang theory universe we could get the big zach theory I listen, I, no joke, Ingram, I wrote a whole pitch deck for, it's called Zach's Theory. And Love that. It's a quick pitch. Um, he, he couldn't have kids with his wife, so he goes into the foster care world where, and he's also really rich. And last episode, he, he, he sold his menu company and he has a yacht and all this stuff. Mm. So, so let's picture uh, Zach. He's not the brightest guy. But he has a lot of money and a big heart, and he's trying to raise these kids that are, um, you know, from different uh, unfortunate situations. That all they really need is love, but they got a dumb idiot dad to, <laughs> to raise them. Uh, you know, sweet spots. You know, comedy. You know, everyone's learning from each other type of situation. So that's a couple a of guest appearances from yeah. other people. There we go. Do, do we need I think, to? I think he hires Stewart to be like his uh, living like uh, house butler guy. <laughs> I love that. Do we even need their permission, or can we just do it? 
let's just do it. I, you know, we 100% need Chuck Lorre on board. And my agents took it to Chuck Lorre's agent and he was like, no spinoffs. They didn't even look at it. So, but it's been a couple of years now. I feel like yeah. it's time. Also, Chuck. I, I just did, I just worked on United States Out, which is a Chuck Lorre show. And he got to know me a little bit more there. So I think it's time to repitch this Zach's theory. I think it might be. And mm-hmm. like, I'll do whatever you want me to. I'll carry the bags. Yeah, we'll need a bag carrier. So we'll... I'll, I'm sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. Um, we're gonna play a game now, and it's all based around crazy stories from the industry. My favorite things yeah. in the world. I told you this earlier, and I was reading these earlier. Um, two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one of them, they're submitted by listeners, and one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer Heather. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it. So it's our job to find out which one is stage shite. And I was reading these earlier, and they're great. I love them. Number one. I got my first job right after drama school and I had a no dangerous activities clause in my contract, which basically meant I couldn't do anything that could possibly injure me. Six months into the tour, I kind of forgot about it and decided to go ice skating one day. One of the production managers saw me and I was fired for breach of contract. I lost a job because I went ice skating. Number two. I was in a show where my scene partner had to make fun of me for owning a sex toy. He had to hold on to it, hold it onto his groin and make it, and this is in air quotes, helicopter. One night, the dildo wasn't there, so he just pulled out his own penis and made it helicopter. Number three, I tripped over on stage while doing my main monologue of the show and broke my nose. I carried on, though, because I didn't have an understudy and didn't want the show to be sh- uh, shut down. Okay. If number two isn't real, I'm going to be very disappointed. So three, so two, so two of those are real. One's yeah, fake. One's fake. If number two is not real, because that's commitment. Yeah. That's commitment. I don't know. I feel, I feel like you like... know about the no dangerous activities clause. No, but I feel like you didn't think ice skating was dangerous. And I feel like that is something mm. that would for sure happen i feel like whipping i think you could you could get in some serious trouble whipping out a, a real uh a real helicopter situation i, I feel like it was... would be dependent on the <laughs> the show I, but i mean if they've already got a dildo in it that's being helicoptered <laughs> we're really only like one tenth of away from what apparently happened yeah like i feel like if the show calls for a dildo being helicoptered we might get away with a real penis <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, i don't know what show is this i don't i don't think there's a helicopter sh- in the show this, this, so you're going a... for number two yeah do you know what i'm going to come along with you um and if it's not true i'm going to cry and if it is true i'm going to find that email and i need to know more yeah yes number three the broken nose the broken nose was a lie what? wow heather finds the Find the helicopter email. You know what? And I, we should have known better. That was too obvious. Yeah. Of course, we're going to choose the the dildo situation. So someone that. lost a job and somebody yeah. actually got their willy out on stage. That's commitment. And no. to that, I applaud. I love it. Uh, I'll tell you my worst losing a job story. Um, real quick here because it's a it's a it's a just a war story of an actor's journey. Um, I was. I, I, let's see, it was the summer of 2016. I know this because I was uh, looking uh, for a venue to get married 
uh, at with my wife and I got the call from my manager saying, hey, uh, my, another actress of mine is on the show in New Orleans. She's already down there. They don't have the lead for this movie. It's called Supercon. It's a, it's a comedy about like a Comic-Con situation with these child actors and, and they don't have the lead. And I sent your stuff over to the director. He loves you. The producers passed or uh, signed up for you. So read the script. Uh, and, and the director's going to want to talk to you. I did. I talked to the director. We had all these great ideas. This was like a, uh, a Thursday. And, and then, I, th so I'm going to fly out on Saturday, Saturday, I'm flying out and we start work on Monday and I'm like, all right. <clears throat> so I fly land Saturday, uh, afternoon. And then a producer hits me up and says, Hey, can we go out for a drink? I was like, sure. So Saturday night, I'm thinking we're going to get into the to the to the movie and he starts talking to me about how he just got off the phone with some uh caa lawyer and he's been threatened if he'll never be able to use any other actors from caa if he doesn't put his actor in this movie um because they had offered him the job originally i'll even say his name is crazy ryan quantum because he's in the movie so Fuck ryan quantum you, ryan Ryan Quantum from True Blood was op offered this role. He didn't ever got back to them, never said he wanted to do it. And then the weekend before they go into production, uh, he says he wants to do it. And me, I'm already there. I've signed yeah. that contract. They, uh, he says, oh, he looks gonna... like an asshole. I didn't know who he was. I've just and googled he, and him. He, he, he wasn't right for the part. I mean, maybe he did it right. I don't know. But I, anyway. The director was bummed that I was there for a day and didn't get to shoot. And, uh, and I said, well, you got to pay me. So why don't you pay me and why don't you pay him and then just keep me here? And they're like, no, we got to use them. So they, I was there for less than 24 hours. I flew home the next day. Um, and then this dude came in and shot the movie. <laughs> Can I ask, I, I was just going to say, do you get paid for just the time you spent? And obviously we well, no, don't need to I, tell us. Like how much you got paid for the whole film? Oh yeah, that's good. That was great. So there is a very yeah. fixed lining to the story. Yeah, you can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon, and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official drama school dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. The sold out five star play is returning to Webster's Theatre. This is where we get off by Ingram Noble and Heather Spiden follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? Make sure to get your tickets from the link in the show notes below to see This Is Where We Get Off at the Webster's Theatre on the 11th of February, 2023. But a question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, listen, I want you to do a two-hander on the West End or Broadway, but preferably the West End, so I can come and see it, but I don't know who I want to pair you with, and we've got all the money in the world, who do you want to be a co-star? They have to be alive. Okay, so... <laughs> let me. What's the question? Who would you want to do a two-hander play with? Got yeah, two-hander play with. Yeah, I never explained that question well. I might reword it. You know what? There's two, 
But one, I think it's, it's too late to do. But uh, I, I grew up worshiping Chevy Chase um, yeah. from all the 80s movies and, and 90s movies. Uh, I, I try to vibe the Chevy Chase vibe a lot in some of my roles. Um, however, I haven't heard good things about the man. And also, he's older now and he's not as funny. And I feel like he's pretty jaded about the business. And I don't think I would want to get on stage with him at all. However, um, Vince Vaughn has always been uh, genius, an actor that I look up to because he does my style. Uh, I, Ryan Reynolds does the same. They just kind of play versions of themselves. Mm. Uh, they're they're hilarious people. They're they're captivating and great with improv, and and uh, they just get to they shine in all their stuff. So I would say Vince Vaughn. And what's crazy is this is a full circle story because. My senior year in college, we had to choose a monologue for my advanced acting class. And everybody's choosing uh, Shakespeare and Tennessee Williams and all these great playwrights. And and I did a, um, I put my VHS tape of Swingers in the, in the, in the VCR and I hand wrote out the monologue from you're, you're So Money Baby, You Don't Even Know It from Vince Vaughn and Swingers. And I performed that standing on a chair on the stage in front of all these very serious theater students. Um, and that was my monologue. And then cut to this year, I'm in Miami two, two weeks in a row, uh, or not in a row, but for two episodes of this new Apple plus show called bad monkey, mm. uh, where I get to do two scenes with Vince Vaughn and, um, we shoot it word for word off the paper. And then the, you know, producers, directors were like, all right, have at it. Just, uh, we got what we wanted and we had the most fun just riffing making up stuff he was so generous he was like that was really funny man let's do that again let's let's start you start off with that again and we'll do it like this and he's just like boom 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 and he's he's so funny so quick if i say something he, he you don't get away with anything because he's going to make yeah. a comment and he's he was so great we really came up with some funny stuff i'll be interested to see what actually makes the cut <laughs> but if i could if i could do a two-hand play i think i'd choose Vince fine i mean he's he's so funny did you tell him about the monologue? I couldn't. I, I, I felt like I couldn't fan out like that. How but close did you get to telling him about the monologue? About this. If he's on Instagram, which he's not, because I didn't tag him or anything. I looked to see if I could tag him, then tell him that way. Um, I shared that story with 20 years ago, I doing a monologue and then now getting to, to be in a yeah. scene. Well, and, Vince, if you're listening, because I know that you probably are a massive fan of myself, uh, I, I imagine you can't take your ears away from drama school dropout. Um, I want you and Vince to do it together, but like chopped up, like you yes. both just stand on stage and like take a sentence here. That that's that'd be great. That would be wonderful. But to carry on my campaign of the West End and my two hander. Uh, this is a direct call out. Catherine Tate, please come on the podcast or please do a two-hander with me in the West End. Been um, shouting you out for a hundred plus weeks now. Please do it. I think you start off getting her on the on the podcast and then you can baby steps. And yeah. Then, then I, right I can right. ambush her while she's on the podcast. I'll be yeah, like, charmer, free next charmer. Thursday? Yeah. Free next Thursday? We'll start rehearsals. I'll, I'll write it tonight. <laughs> One of my favorite actresses. But Vince Vaughn, I actually... Like it's kind of bad. Like I forget about actors sometimes, and you've yeah. just like sparks. I grew up on like dodgeball. I might watch yeah. dodgeball when I get into bed. Wedding tonight, Crashers, actually. all those movies were yeah. like 
they don't make those movies anymore. The comedies are a little more grounded and, and uh, you know, but like, gosh, old school, all these movies, he was so great in. And I was like, mm. they do the roles that I would like. Um, so it was really cool to actually work with him. Um, and, and yeah. Second to last question before I let you go back to normal life. What would you say to Brian that's just moved to LA? You could say one thing to him. Um, I would say, I would say maybe be patient. Um, cause it's going to happen, but also manifest. Um, I think if you like, I guess I, I, I have always been doing that in my career, but I just feel like I had such a slow start. Um, and I had a lot of fun. I was living in the house with a bunch of guys and I was bartending and I was going to acting classes and I was auditioning and I was getting commercials and getting paid and booking a TV show and then doing this. And, and my journey has always been involved, but I do feel like I should have I should be a series regular on a show for 10 seasons. You know, that should have already happened or it will happen. Um, I do want to tell my fresh off the boat self that just got here, that it's all going to work out and, and enjoy the journey and, and um, yeah, put it out there, put it out there in the universe, uh, whatever you want, because it'll come Mm -hmm. to you if you put it out there and you say it. But my last question, and it's a closing tradition that we have on Drama School Dropout, where the guest from the previous episode asks you a question, and then you'll ask the next guest, you won't know who it is, a question. But the question that's been asked for you is, if you could cast yourself in any existing part right now, who would you pick? But you have to live with the consequences. For example, if you pick Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks will have never played Forrest Gump. Well, you would be Forrest Gump. I don't think, I think if I got to play Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah. Is this in any any role? or Any this... role. But it like the way that they asked it was basically like, it might not be like as iconic if it's not Tom Hanks. It might not be what it was. And it's also, he said that was his favorite film. So he was like, I might not have enjoyed it as much. Oh, I see. Well, my my favorite role um, is Clark Griswold, and that is the Chevy Chase from the Vacation movies, mm. uh, Vacation, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Um, that role would be my dream role. And yeah, if I did it, then Chevy Chase didn't do it. But um, that's where from you what you be- said earlier, it sounds like he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, well, that's where you believe in yourself, and you yeah. say I. I would have done a great job and i think i would have uh, uh i would be clark griswold and everybody would be like uh you know brian thomas smith is the best yeah European when i when i thought of this i instantly said frank gallagher in the uk shameless and then when he said but you have to live with the consequences i went oh no david threlfall's a god like i want to in- sit back and enjoy that performances i don't want to take it so my answer yeah. now would be gaz in two pints of lager and a packet of crisps and if you've never seen two pints Highly, no. would recommend, highly would recommend it's one of the funniest TV shows ever it's about five oh, it's got two pints it. uh, BBC iPlayer okay. uh, I think you can get that over there if not I'll send you a dodgy link um, it's it's very similar in setup to The Big Bang so there's two couples and one singleton who yeah. has a revolving door of partners and it's very iconic is the word I'm going to use and very quintessentially British humour. 
It's great. Got it. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Right. What right. question would you like to ask the next guest that's coming up? What's what's coming up next for you? Where can everybody see you on their screens, in the theaters, anything like that? Yeah, so um, I'll be on, a, man, I, I made it on NCIS. How about that? So season 20, episode two. Uh, I didn't know it was still going, not going to lie. Season 20, uh, I'll be on the second episode. How many crimes could you possibly commit? Right? Well, they they think that I might have committed a crime. Oh, are you the baddie? Well, I'm not saying. You have to watch. There's a there's a bunch of dads that are invest. I'm a dad bro in it, and uh, they think that I could be a suspect after the other two don't work out, and then it just you know well you have to watch. But then there's a Nickelodeon show coming out called The Loud House. It's a cartoon, and they've made uh, they've cast actors, and it's a live action comedy. I play Mr. Uh, Bolhoffner in that, which is a, a recurring role. It's a, the the t- school teacher for the main kid. And then my, what I'm really looking forward to is this bad app or uh, bad monkey, uh, Apple Plus. It is Vince Vaughn. After you were talking about it, I'm excited to see it. I'm going to have to renew my app. I, I got that free uh, subscription and didn't renew it. So yeah, it's the creators. Uh, it's the uh, the producer Bill Lawrence from Ted Lasso. Um, it is going to be hilarious, uh, and it's Vince Vaughn is going to shine once again in this, and uh, it's. It's a, it's a really funny story. So uh, it's like a crime, crime comedy. Hmm. Can't wait to see it. And Bill, if you're listening, I know that you're about to film Ted Lasso again. Again, if you need an actor that will work for relatively cheaply, I am available. <laughs> Emails down in the show notes. And uh, to be honest, I, uh, Brian probably won't work for rather cheaply, but if anybody wants to hire Brian, emails in the show notes, I'll pass all the deets on. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram too. My Brian next Thomas. question. Yeah, uh, at at Brian underscore Thomas underscore Smith. And if you're feeling extra generous, scroll down in the show notes below and the link to Brian's cameo is there. Make sure to book a video and Brian will tell you something. I don't know. Do you do you any weird stuff on cameo? I've done all kinds of weird. It's crazy how many. I mean, birthdays usually, but I've done uh, breakups. I've done uh, someone passed away and I, and, uh, they just were missing their dad and I had to just, uh, and they liked my character and I just gave them a little pep talk. Uh, and it was actually one of my favorite ones. A lot of anniversaries, all kinds. It's different. I've only ever received one. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever buy one, but I, I got one for a Christmas present once. It was my favorite Christmas present of the year. There you go. They work. Kim, Kim Woodburn. You probably won't know who she is. She's a reality TV star from the UK, but she called me a chicken livered <laughs> shit and I lived my best life and absolutely loved it. Um, but I will let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. You got it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 113 completed. Thank you so much to Brian for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. While you're down in the show notes, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please click on the link to the Google form and submit your story, and who knows, 
you may be featured on the podcast. If you want loads of exclusive benefits for Drama School Dropout, head over to our Patreon and become an official Drama School Dropout now. You'll get early access to episodes and loads of other hidden features. We are continuing to celebrate two years of Drama School Dropout throughout the entirety of December, but I'll be back again on Tuesday, our regular day at our regular time of 6am with another fantastic episode. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Thought your whole course, now try something new Drama school dropout